Don't ever get a dog. <laughs> um, if you've got to go, let's just... On this week's episode of The Selling Podcast, we talk about when to push or when to pull. All right, we're recording. With over 50 years and millions of worldwide traveled miles between the two of us, we have tasted defeat and relished in sweet, sweet victory. Looking for inspirational entertainment, motivation, and practical insights to drive your business? Welcome to The Selling Podcast. Mike, one thing that I realize that we're missing on our podcast are statistics. Like, we don't give that much data. So no. this week, I'm going to change that all around. Do you realize that 86.2% of all statistics are made up on the spot? I think that's ridiculous, Mike. So Not true. 78.4%. <laughs> I did an internal survey and in this internal survey, I wanted to know, is it more common to push when you're facing some adversity in a presentation, like just push through it or do you pull back, try to reset and kind of reschedule? So my internal survey, you ready for my numbers? Ready. Okay. We're not, you're not when making I, these up on the spot, right? No, not at all. When okay. I asked myself this question, I found 100% of the time I push forward at least 72%. Like I'm I'm going for it. Instead of pulling back, I'm pushing forward. And then there is that, you know, that small, you know, 28% of the time where I'm deciding, "Hey, I should probably pull back a little bit." So, Mike, when do you push when things aren't going well? When do you pull back? I'm a big pull back guy. And oh, here's why. It's yeah. It's so hard to do. I yeah, it is, but if you're pushing ahead, whose agenda are you pushing or whose uh, goal are you pushing ahead? Yours or the customer? Oh, yours. It would be yours. Yeah. So anytime I find myself pushing ahead without really giving any consideration to what the person on the other side of the discussion is thinking or bringing up, mm -hmm. I, I tend to think that I'm pushing down the wrong path. If there's something that's changed or something blocking, uh, just pushing through it may not be the smartest idea for me. So, but how do you, how do you pull back? Like what, how does that, how does that work? You know, I, I had an interesting discussion and I, I'd love to do this. You know, we both came and we're both in the medical world for a while and selling to a doctor. I would love to be able to walk in, hand the doctor a script, a piece of paper, say, I'll read my part, you read your part. We both know what's going on here. We're going to sell you something in the end. Let's just read through the script and we'll agree. And if you've got... <laughs> that so works, far, right? Yeah, so far I haven't had a doctor that can do that. Or any customer that will sit and read their script back to you the way it's written. You need to be able to go in with an understanding of this is our objective, these are the discussion points we're going to have. And if anywhere along the path, all of a sudden something changes where you're derailed, it's perfectly fine to say, you know what? I don't think we're really headed down the right road here. Let's pause for a minute and let me take assess where we're at. Yeah. I don't know. I think that for, for me, it is, it's challenging because I have this sense of not only urgency, but the sense of pride that I want to keep going. Like I've done so much preparation when something's derailed. I just say, Hey, I want to keep pushing forward and make it happen. It bites me every time though, <laughs> like every single time. Cause the reason it's derailed is, is there something that I didn't do that's 
something that I missed in the, my in my homework process in the discovery phase. There's something that I missed, and so I try to push through, go around it, but it it fails yeah. every time. And it's not only just in sales; it's in almost everything you do. Uh, Stephen Covey in his book describes it when we're climbing the corporate ladder. What happens if the ladder's mm-hmm. leaning against the wrong wall? Yeah. And that's the same thing in sales. When you're trying to approach a customer with X, but they're really thinking about Y, then when you're pushing ahead with X, all you're doing is infuriating the customer. Yeah, because they're not they're not there. They're not with it. They're not engaged because they're nope. onto something different. Yeah, they're looking for a completely different uh, service or different answer for their issue. So that's why what I'm is, a pullback. Okay, so then if you if we do pullback, and I would suggest that most people don't pull back. Most people push forward. Well, sure. And the, sti- the number on that is probably, yeah, 72.37%. No, no, 76.4%. That's what it was. That Yeah, that, that that's what I was seeing in my internal internal numbers. Um, so <laughs> how how do you pull back? Like, what is that? What is that conversation? What does that look like with the prospect client meeting, whatever? Well, it depends. Are you going to focus it towards the customer or just make it, Hey, this is me. I'm completely unready. Or I, I made a wrong assumption. I'm going down the wrong path. Clearly we're not on the same page. There's a lot of things you can do to kind of introduce the topic, just kind of bring them back into the discussion. And that's not a bad thing. It shows that you're perfectly human. I mean, you can tell during a sales presentation, you can feel it's when wasting their time. Like the Stop whole objective it. is that you are totally prepared, all different scenarios, ready to go. That's a stellar salesperson. That is a stellar salesperson. It very rarely happens. Because, I mean, think about it. If someone came in right now to sell you uh, shoe polish and you're, you're wearing flip-flops, they can be perfectly prepared. You're not looking for shoe polish. So no matter what they push for, you recognize, uh, no, I don't need that. And right. you're wasting my time. But if I walk in and I see you're wearing flip-flops and I'm a shoes, shoe polish guy, I'll say, hey, you know what? I've got a good friend that sells these amazing flip-flops. I'm going to have him contact you. Mm-hmm. And give them something of value. I, it's When we push forward, all we're doing is destroying the relationship. Yeah, it's just, it's so hard. I'm not a huge fan of saying... I wasn't prepared for this because it makes me, it doesn't make me look good when I've typically done so many different, you know, so many different points. Like I'm looking at so many different angles. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to go down so many different potential pathways. And there's been several times right from the get go where I've been caught off guard. It's like, I was not expecting that. And yeah, but so having that, having that confidence to say, you know what? I prepared for so many scenarios and I usually list them off. I prepared for if this conversation would have gone this way or this way or this way or this way. Like I prepared for all of that. What I didn't prepare for is the one that you just brought up, which is X. And, and that would, I am so sorry. Yeah. But as a customer, I would hear you say that. I said, okay, he's done his homework, but now we're on the same page. And this is where I yeah. think we, we need to recognize that you can't let ego or the desire to be, you know, that guy 
to come in and just solve everybody's problem. If I take a step back and say, okay, I'm not that kind of superstar. I just want to make sure you're covered and your issues are addressed. So this is why before you go into the meeting, it's a really good idea to confirm with them via email or whatever method you choose. Here is my agenda. Here are the topics that I want to talk about. Are the, mm-hmm. Am I on point? And then how, Mike, would you see that it's just a, a genuine concern and it you didn't prepare for it versus this is like a a tactic somebody's using to try to say no or try to change the topic or it's just a small subtle doubt rather than one that's a that's a deal killer well if you've if you've done your homework and you recognize yeah they do need shoe polish and not flip-flops then you can at least have that conversation and begin the process mike you're a huge flip-flop guy i didn't know the shoe polish thing is like is this a new thing no, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know, you have confidence in your product, confidence in yourself. So you know, you're bringing something of value. You just have to make sure that the value matches the customer need. And you do that through all your investigations before you ever sit down to sell them something. I'm what every time I hear of sending out a meeting agenda, sending out, I mean, the Sandler which I'm just not a huge fan of. Um, Sandler says, you know, put out there, hey, here's what exactly what we're going to do. Here's the breakdown. And here's, you know, what I'm going to ask you to do. And if you're not ready to commit, then maybe we shouldn't have the meeting. It's like, I'm just trying to go through discovery. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. need, I don't need commitment. I just need to say, hey, here's where we're at. I do like the agenda. I keep my agendas very loose because I, Every time I start my meeting, I say, hey, I have things that I want to cover on my agenda. You've seen that. But what do you have? This is your meeting. What do you want to cover? Now, in a sales presentation, sometimes that's not good at all. Explain yourself. What, what do you mean yeah. it's not good? Because so preparation because, is awesome. Yeah, and, and preparation is fantastic. But when you're getting – I guess there's two types. When you're doing the discovery – yeah, allow them, the the customer prospect, allow them to explain what they're looking for. And so, yes, mm-hmm. it, it could be their agenda. They they took the meeting for a certain reason. They're expecting something. What you want to make sure is in that first meeting, your deliverable is meeting their expectations. So if their expectations are, hey, you're going to come in, you're just going to learn about my business. Awesome. That is That should be on the agenda of, hey, I'm just going to learn about your business. And then when you ask them, when you get there, Hey, this is what I think we're going to go over today. Is that okay? Do you have the same agenda? They're going to say yes or no. Actually, today I want to buy. It's like okay, cool. We're going to change that. Yeah, that happens um, all the time. All the time. <laughs> oh, it gets so annoying. Just terribly annoying. But the the discovery meeting is one thing. Going into the other meeting where it's presentation of, hey, here are my facts and findings. And so when I'm setting that agenda how I usually present that is we've been speaking for a while. Here's what you're looking for. And I think James Muir talks about putting that pain point every time Mm -hmm. you write an email, you're just going back to it, just highlight it just so it stays front of mind. Right. So, Hey, last time we spoke time before, here's what we're looking for. Here's what we're looking to accomplish today. I want to present to you something that I think is going to fulfill that need. 
Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think we're talking about two different things. Are you pushing forward in the discussion or the discovery phase? Are you pushing forward in the sales closing phase? Both have that opportunity. And there's nothing worse than a discovery phase and you're realizing you've booked an hour. And within like the first 30 seconds, it's like, oh, yeah, this is not going to work for me. Yeah. You know, and it, as as somebody doing the selling, it's like, uh, yeah, I don't want to offer this to this person. Yeah, and you can feel the train leaving the rails, right? Halfway through the oh, conversation, totally. you go, "This is okay." So when you start to leave the rails, Just recognize that and stop it, and say, "You know what? I think <laughs> we're wasting both of our. We're both wasting time here. We need to step back and look at the situation, look at your issue that you're having from a different angle." Yeah. There is nothing more evident, and I'm using a very extreme example, but as a missionary, when you walk up to somebody and think, oh, I'm going to have a great conversation with this individual, the first two seconds you're there, realize they're drunk out of their mind, they can't hold an actual conversation with you, and all they want to do is talk. Mm-hmm. And and so it's one of those where it's just like, oh, this is not going to be super productive for either of us. You know, this person's not going to re- recall this conversation tomorrow. And there's other things that I could be doing. Yeah. And so that's, that's one, you know, walking away from that type of environment, that type of conversation and still leaving on good terms. Cause you want that person to associate pleasantry when they're having a conversation with you. You know, tomorrow they might wake up and just like, ah, I hate them. Well, because they've associated something negative. So if you're rude, if it's too abrupt, you're, they're going to have this uh, mental association that it's not pleasant. And so getting out of that conversation in a nice, easy dismount is crucial. <laughs> I like the way you put that. There's a time to not ride the horse anymore, right? Yeah. And it, if if you really, if you can stop back, step back, recognize it, that's the first step, or that's the first thing you have to do is you have to be able to recognize where the conversation is going. You know me, I'm big in these stupid bar tricks and card tricks. Which are spectacular. And no, one day we're going to have to try to figure out how to put this up on, on YouTube. All right, pick a card, any card. No. Okay, so here's how it works. I've done the same four tricks hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of times. I know how it's going to turn out. And because I'm so comfortable with it, I can kind of guide the conversation any way I want, but I'm always going to bring it back to the reveal, right? Yeah. And so when you go into a sales presentation, if you've got the objective in mind and it's the right objective, it doesn't matter what the discussion is. You can always wrangle it back and get it back to the point you're trying to make. That's the art of sales. That's not the science. That's the art. And I think that's where most people struggle. They get through the process. They can do the A, do the B, do the C. But when it really comes to understanding what the customer's asking, there's a lot more involved than just, hey, do you want to buy this? Mike, that's a challenge. And I think magic's such a great example. When you have a misstep in one of your tricks, do you try to fix it? Nope. Or do you try to, you just you pull the cards together and say, hey, we're going to do something different? gracefully <laughs> or if i'm How do doing you do it that gracefully like what does that look like i say i screwed up 
That's people, that, that's your that's your definition that's, of gracefully. That's, that's as graceful as I get. So <laughs> here's here's the deal. If I'm doing a card trick and I've got four or five people around the table and I'm using it to illustrate a point, and all the card tricks I do illustrate points that I'm trying to make, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm showing this and I do something wrong, I know it as soon as I do it. So I'll find a way to no, but say they they don't they don't like they they have no, they have no clue zero clue no that you've messed up. Yeah, so I can either segue into a simpler card trick or I can just say, you know what? I'm going to do this one instead. And all it does, I'm just stopping it when I recognize that I've gone off the rails, I'm I've blown it. I stop mm-hmm. it. And I can mm-hmm. I can transition and when you do that, the customer is going to be a lot less likely to say, yeah, this is just wasting my time." When you say, "I'm going to stop here because obviously I'm going down a path that neither one of us are interested in getting to the end. How do you make that transition, though, to say, hey, can we do this again? I mean, you just, you now, just did now it. your reputation, but now your reputation's on the line of what? Wow. Are you going to come back unprepared next time? Yeah, and, I and guess maybe you have the conversation and say next time. So I want to I want to come back. I don't want to I, I want to stop right now and I want to come back next week and next week. Because I'm not prepared to discuss X. I'm prepared to discuss A, B, C, D, and E. Like, I came prepared to discuss those. But what's your genuine question is, is about X. And then I'm going to actually reiterate and say, so is this, like, a serious concern for you? They're going to say, yeah. Like, that's my main concern. So sorry I missed that right from the get-go. My apologies. I'm not ready to talk about X. So what I want to do is I want to reschedule I want to reschedule the time, and I'm going to come back prepared, ready to talk about X. Is there anything else besides X that I need to prepare for? It's pretty graceful. They're going to say, and they're going to say, well, yeah, Y is really killing us. Okay, cool. I'm going to talk about X and Y. Is there anything else I need to prepare for? No. Okay, cool. And then I get to come back. Yeah. That, that sounds super easy, but to do it in the moment, I'm usually... Like, A, I prepared for A, B, C, D, and E, but you're right. Let's talk about X. Let's do it on the fly really quickly. <laughs> Which 27% of work. the time it doesn't turn out. Yeah, only 27, huh? I have a 36% close rate. <laughs> That's a 36%. Depends on the industry. It'd be pretty good. But batting? The, yeah. A 360 average would put you in the Hall of Fame. Um, so. <laughs> But if you look at it from the customer's perspective, the mm-hmm. faster you do that, the faster you can get to the realizing, oh, wait, we're talking about two different things here. Yep. And then you find that graceful way to transition out and say, you know what? Rather than keep pursuing this, I think I need to go back and do some homework. I completely missed what the objective of the meeting was. If you take ownership of it, ask for another opportunity. Very rarely are people saying, no, you only had one shot. You're done. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. No more. Sorry, you blew it. There's nothing more in your face about this than when you're trying to sell something online, like on Craigslist or some other place. Like It is so in your face, uh, the sales process, because it's so condensed. There's not a like, sales I, process. What do you mean there's not a sales process? Well, no. People go to Craigslist to buy something very specific and 
They're only going to buy that thing. There's no discovery. There's no working through a process. They're going there to buy something, one thing in particular. Well, yeah. Yeah, so there's no sales. So oh, there it's is. there's no, such there's... a process. There is. So the other day, the other day, I'm, so I'm trying to sell a a lawnmower, and so I put the lawnmower up. Guy comes back, and I the lawnmower. It's a real lawnmower. I'm selling it for two hundred dollars, two hundred five dollars. But I'll take two hundred. Guy comes back and he says, "Hey, it doesn't have a belt on it. Um, I'll give you one hundred fifty." I said, "Nah, no. It's between two hundred to two fifty is what they sell for. It doesn't have the belt, so I'm putting it for two hundred. I said, you know, it's, I'm, I'm holding firm. I said, I have a belt. I know that I do. I've ordered one. I just haven't had time to put it on. I said, tell you what, I'll go home. And this is all via text. It was a long text. I'll go home. I'll find the belt. I'll put it on. And so I go home, find the belt, put on the belt, take a video of it running and saying, hey, here it is, $200. And he says, ooh, I would really like to do $190. Well, nope, $200. And he says, okay, fine. I'll come back and pick it up next week. For two hundred dollars, but just make sure the blades are sharp. And, I said, and it's full of gas. Me? Yeah, yeah. It's like make sure the blades are sharpened. I want the blades and the oil's changed. And I said, no, I'm not doing. Like I'm selling a lawnmower for two hundred dollars. Like I'm not going to do that other thing. If he would have just come from the get go and said, no, I am not paying more than one hundred and seventy five dollars for your lawnmower. Like that's just fine. So my last text to him was, this lawnmower is not for you. And that was it. Did you sell the lawnmower? No. No. <laughs> it's still sitting in my garage. Totally should have took, taken 175 Yep. Absolutely. Huge. You negotiated yourself. To- every single time. <laughs> but it works now with the belt. But yeah, it's, it's the faster you get there, the better. Because now, I mean, I don't have, I don't have a shot with him ever again. And it, that's fine. I'm sure there's somebody else who wants to overpay for a lawnmower. All he was going to um, do is pick it up for 175 turn put a belt on it, turn around and sell it for 220 Absolutely correct. Absolutely why, correct. Why are you saying he shouldn't make any money, Scott? If we could have gotten there faster, <laughs> it would have saved so much time. The reason I bring yeah. this up is because I like the long sales cycles are fine. They're great. There's usually more money involved in longer sales cycles. The shorter sales cycles, they're fun because you get to see the whole process super condensed. Mm-hmm. You have an intro discovery. And so by selling a lawnmower really quick, really fast, but you're able to see right from the get go, Hey, this isn't a fit. We need to backtrack rather than wasting so much time. When I'm in my normal sales routine, finding out right from the get go, Hey, you're looking for something different than I prepared for. Instead of trying to do more discovery there or trying to belabor your agenda, it is best to cut it off, to stop, retract reset and come back at a different time yeah it's better for everybody involved and if you're not selling on craigslist where you're just hoping there's one person out there that wants the exact item you have that's not selling typically very typically i'm going to paint with a really broad brush you're going to have the opportunity to call on that customer that you're working with you'll call on them probably 20 30 times in a year at -hmm. least Mm mm-hmm so you don't need to put it all into one package and say, you need to buy it now. This is, this is your only shot. It's a process, right? Step by step, set small goals with a long-term objective. They're going, you're going to close the deal. Mike, somebody the other day tried to set up a meeting with me 
and they wouldn't tell me what they were going to meet about. And it was like four or five different texts back and forth. And I really wanted to meet with this person. Really wanted to meet with them. Just curious. They would not tell me what it was about. Why would you want to meet with them if you don't know what it's about? Because this individual is awesome. He's great. And so I wanted to meet with him, but he wouldn't tell me what we were going to meet about. He says, hey, I want to do a demonstration (laughs) for you. And I said, what's the demonstration on? And just radio silence. Love the guy. Love the guy. Vacuum. Which is great. I said, hey, I, I even told them, I love timeshare presentations. I love them. I love to sit through them. Um, but he says, no, it's not a timeshare. I said, well, I'm slightly out, but my wife's excited now. So <laughs> let us know what it is. Um, when you find, don't necessarily push forward. I don't know. Maybe there's a time where you should push forward. If you could do us a favor... Send us a message of when you think a great time to push forward might be. Give us a quick scenario. Nothing more than two or three sentences. Send it to Mike at thesellingpodcast.com or Scott at thesellingpodcast.com. Also, we want to help more people. We want to spread this idea of what we're sharing with more. If you like what you're hearing, please send it. Go back, find your favorite episode, send it to a friend and say, hey, this best episode, this is what the guys are really like. I obviously lie to them. No, I'd, I'd take it a different approach. If there's something you don't like, or if you have an opposite view, if you have an issue with some of the things you said, I want to hear from you too. Because that's really when you get, you never get meaningful feedback from somebody that's loving your show. I want to hear from people saying, no, that's not right. That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. In fact, 82.4% of most of the people are going to disagree with me. <laughs> Mike, I thought you were going to go with, with if you heard something you didn't like, send that to your friend. <laughs> no. like, oh, can you believe this guy doesn't like the Sandler selling? Oh, listen to this. Yeah. Well, that's true. Uh, there's nothing worse than listening to a podcast that you don't like, but you can't turn it off because you disagree with it so much. <laughs> oh, that's such a frustrating feeling. I don't think we have that issue. <laughs> Mike, thanks so much for the time. You have hey, a great Scott. week. It's been a pleasure. Talk to you soon. We'll see you.